everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of Granitetown Media's Inside Milford. My name is Tim Finan, and I'll be your host for today's episode. My guest this week is Milford's Finance Director, Paul Calabria. This is a very busy time of the year for Paul, as he works closely with the Board of Selectmen, the Budget Committee, and Department Heads to get the 2020 Town Budget ready for the upcoming Budget and Bond hearing on January 13th and the Deliberative Session on February 1st. I hope I got those dates right. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for uh, taking the time out of your very busy day. You are very welcome, Tim. Glad to be here. So, like we talked about before, I just want to kind of talk about, I don't want to talk about this year's budget or any specifics, because I know that's all in the works right now. Um, we're recording this, what is this? This is December 20th. It is. Um, so the, at, at this point, the budget is still kind of in negotiations. And, and so so I just want to talk about kind of like process stuff. What is the budget? That, that kind of stuff. And uh, we'll go from there. That sounds great. So let's just start a little bit with with, with, with yourself. You're new to the position. You've been here, what, eight months? Is that um, right? Just over seven. Seven. Okay. Yep. So can you just talk a little bit about your background? What uh, you know? What you do before here? And sure. What do you like to do? Uh, I was in the uh, private sector for many years between um, hospitals, uh, psychiatric chemical dependency hospitals, uh, environmental testing labs. Before I landed um, in the municipal sector, you're always in finance, though. Always in finance. Okay. Yep. Various positions. Worked my way up from junior staff assistant CFO to finally some CFO positions and then controller positions. Um, then I landed my first municipal job in, in Hollis in 2002. I spent eight and a half years there. Then I moved over to what I like to call the dark side. I went to the school side in Nashua <laughs> uh, and managed a $150 million budget there for eight years. That has even more significance in Milford nowadays. <laughs> Absolutely. But topic for another day. Yes. Um, before uh, I landed the job in uh, Milford back, uh, started interviewing in January and February and started in May. Great. And you took over for Jack Sheehy, who retired uh, this year. That is correct. And you had a little bit of overlap with Jack, right? Yes. Yep. Good. So you've been in Milford. Now, I've known you for many years. We, have, <laughs> we, we go back a long time. As a matter of fact, my wife reminded me this morning. I don't know if you remember this, but um, our kid Jonah and, and Robbie, Robbie were baptized together. Baptized together, yeah. You I did remember yes, that? Yes, absolutely. I've seen the pictures. It's like, oh, they're the findings. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. But, yeah, we've had a lot of history. Our kids play baseball together. Um, scouting. Scouting. Scouting, yep. And uh, one of your was it Madison or Amy, was at the Boys and Girls Club doing dance? Or was it both oh, of them? Oh, it was Madison. It was Madison. Yep. With Liz. With Liz and, um, as choreographer. Yeah, both my Dan, Rob and Dan both uh, were over there quite a bit. Yep. They didn't dance, but they worked <laughs> over there. So you've been in Milford that long. Okay, so let's let's start kind of just high level and begin drilling down. In your own words, what is a finance director? What's your job? It's very multifaceted. Just from what I've seen here, you're responsible for putting the budget together along with the town administrator and getting all the input from the directors and all the players. And then after the budget is finalized and ultimately voted on by the good citizens of Milford, um, then we have to execute whatever bonding or leasing features. So I'm then responsible for going out and getting the best rate for the town in, in regards to interest rate for those bonds that we, we do pass. Mm -hmm. And any of the leasing purchases, getting rates on those too, dealing with the various leasing companies and getting competitive bids. Um, day to day, it's uh, many, many things between accounts payable, um, signing off on warrants, uh, verifying all the expenditures, signing off on payroll, 
Uh, again, this, that's all warranted, so those need to be reviewed on a biweekly basis. And then the various responsibilities that come with uh, quarter-end, month-end, and, and year-end, uh, ultimately ending with uh, an audit, uh, usually in June or July of the following year. So what, what is the difference between the finance director and the treasurer? Or is the treasurer more of a figurehead? Well, the treasurer in a lot of communities is just a figurehead. Ours is, is pretty active from what I, I've seen so far. So he, Alan, and is signing off on the warrants. Uh, he's, he signs all the um, paychecks, all the accounts payable, um, signs off on many, many um, documents that we need in regard to bonding, okay. leasing. Um, so he's got a, a, an active role in that, in that part. Okay. So as far as your, your department is concerned, <clears throat> You have a staff of who's on your on your staff. So we have the tax collector. Um, oh, it's the tax collector. That was one of my questions. So the tax collector does report to you. That's correct. Okay. Yep. The assessor, not. No. Okay. Not the assessor. Um, and then we have a staff accountant, and she's responsible for all the day to day, and then the month, quarterly, and year end, along with getting a lot of the um, audit documents ready. And then we have a finance clerk. Okay. So let's start with the budget. Starting at a high level. To the layperson, what what goes into the town budget? What what do we budget for? I mean, not not specific. Let's not get to line items, but right. what do we budget for? So we budget for uh, the biggest part of our of our budget, as in in many instances with any industry, is is your personnel costs. So salaries, wages, and benefits for the town only. For Everything we're going to talk about here is the town yep. only. That's okay. correct. And then um, whether it's the library, you're you're budgeting for materials, periodicals, uh, DPW, you're dealing with fixing the roads, keeping the roads uh, maintained. Um, then you have your public safety, your police, your fire, your ambulance, um, where they're working to keep the town safe. And of course, your various supply items that you need to, to run the operation. Okay. You mentioned the library. So the library is in the town budget, but don't the trustees oversee it? They do. Okay. They do. And the, the appropriation that goes into the budget when it's voted on, um, I believe they get that in quarterly payments. So they get oh. their full appropriation. Um, and then the trustees oversee whatever balance they have year to year. Okay. And the uh, water and sewer department slash commission, same idea? It's an enterprise fund. Because they have their own budget. They have their own budget. That is correct. So it's an enterprise fund. So they're taking in revenues. Um, to offset their expenses, and every year they have rate adjustments as they see fit in regards to what whatever they might have for capital needs, new warrant articles, new federal and state um, legislation that comes through that governs their process. Okay, are their employees in the town budget yes. or in their budget? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, we, we pay them out of our budget, but they are water um, employees, water and sewer employees. Okay, but it comes out of our, our budget. It does. Okay, it doesn't. Yeah, they have their own budget. Okay. Yep, and the, it includes their capital costs for, um, not their capital costs, their personnel and, and benefits. Okay, all right, I get it. Um, so as far as the budget goes, the budget, it's, so what, what approximately what's, what's our budget? About $15 million. About $15 million. Just okay. for the town side, yep. Okay, um, and that, when we say $15 million, that's expenses. That's correct. So we only budget expenses. Yep. So when the voters go to the polls and they vote for the on the budget, 
that if the budget's fifteen million, that does not mean that we're going to have to raise fifteen million dollars in taxes. That is correct. Okay, because there's offsetting revenues. So last night I was just quickly looking through last year's budget uh, just to get some high level notes. So last last year was like four point seven million, some and some change, but fourteen point. What did I say? You said four. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. Four, yes, $14.7 million was the That's 2019 correct. budget. Um, but we had non-tax revenues of about $6,500,000, mm-hmm. which meant that we only raised taxes about $8.2 million. Correct. Which, which is... I think that's important because I don't think people don't necessarily realize that when they see these big budgets. Um, there was quite a bit of offsetting revenue. So, so let's talk a little bit about that offsetting revenues. Where does that $8 million I'm sorry, the 6.5 approximately. Yep. Where, where does that come from? So uh, rooms and meals tax that we get from the state, um, block grant, uh, our tax collection um, comes out of that, um, along with all the departmental revenues. Uh, almost every department generates some sort of revenue. Um, for example, in finance, we, we expect to receive about $100,000 every year on our interest income for our idle cash. Okay. Um, Ambulance is about eight hundred thousand in gross billings. So, and the town clerk is pretty significant. Town if clerk I is a right. very significant like, amount, also like four million. Four do million. I want to say that something yep. like that? That's a lot of uh, revenue. So okay, so we got so that's the budget, and we have the re- offsetting revenue. So in that example, we'd have to raise taxes by eight point two million. In right. that example, exactly, it'll, it'll be different this this year. Correct. Um, and when it, let me just clarify one thing. When I say the tax revenues, that doesn't really factor into. That's not a revenue stream. That's the amount of money we we raise overall, um, because a portion goes to the school, a portion goes to county tax, and a yep. portion goes to the town budget. Yeah, exactly. You often hear the term "bottom line budget," or uh, what, what, what do we mean by the bottom line budget? So, if the voters approve uh, the fourteen seven as they did last year, that's the amount that we can expend. Okay. Um, if one of the departments is over a little bit, you know, they're going to let administration know, they're going to let finance know, hey, we're going to be over. As long as we have room somewhere else in the budget that we're going to be under, um, that's okay. We, you know, we, we tell the departments, this is your allotted mm-hmm. amount for the year. Um, you're not to go over it, but, you know, obviously there's unforeseen circumstances, especially in public safety, DPW, where that's unavoidable. Uh, but as long as we have room elsewhere in the budget, um, it's okay as long as we don't spend over the bottom line. Okay. But you can move money around. So if, if DPW comes in, you know, 200 grand under right. the selectmen, if they so choose, they can spend that $200,000 on something else. Recreation. Correct. Um, but the caveat that they're if I remember right, is you can't spend money on something that isn't appropriated. In the budget. So, so there has to be a line item. has to be a line item. That's why it. a lot of times, I don't think the town, maybe we do, but I think the, the school, if you look closely at the school budget, a lot of times you'll see like contracted services, a dollar. A dollar. Things yeah. like that. And that's for that reason. Exactly. So, so you can move the, the money around. So I just mentioned appropriate. So you see that a lot. We can't spend money that's not appropriated. So right. what, what does that mean? It just means it's itemized somewhere? So uh, an appropriation is amount of money authorized to be expended for a specific purpose. Okay. That's the, the DRA's definition of an appropriation. So And you have to, all monies have to be appropriated. Correct. So if, I'm trying to think of an example, if the selectmen decided they want to build a parking garage and they had the money in the budget for whatever reason, 
they could only do it if somehow you can find an appropriation that fits that and they probably could with that example um, but it has to be you know they couldn't you know build a swimming pool in the middle of the oval right unless there's a swimming pool uh, line, line item yep okay good that makes sense to me so let's move on to the budget process which you're in the middle of right now mm -hmm. so w when does it start August. August yeah we start we start in August um, we give the all the department heads and the, the principal players um, what their budget was last year okay um, so you always they, start from the previous year yep what their budget is year-to-date and then we ask them to go from there okay and you probably give them some kind of guidance possibly you know for a percentage flat, you increase. want flat or you don't want flat exactly sort of so okay so then um, so the department heads get the budget they turn it back to you where does it go from there? It goes to the TA. Town administrator. And the town administrator starts looking at the budget and what he believes he should allow and what he shouldn't allow. Um, he gets input from the department heads. You know, if he sees something out of whack, he's going to say, you know, you can't go up $10,000 on this line item, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, once he's got it where everybody's comfortable with what they're being allowed, uh, then it goes before the board. Okay, so just to jump ahead a little bit, the budget is the Board of Selectmen's budget. So they're the ones that have the, well, the, the voters have the final say, Correct. but what goes to the voters, the selectmen have the final say. So the town Correct. administrator is really just providing his, his input. Exactly. Um, then it goes to the board. When does the, the budget advisory committee uh, get involved? Usually, uh, well, this year it was the third Saturday, so I'm not sure exactly when in November, but it's usually the second or third Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, that we'll sit down with the budget committee, all the department heads will come through, it's over at the police station, um, and the BAC uh, is there, mm -hmm. and the board of selectmen is there also, and any citizen that wants to attend, uh, along with uh, the town administrator and myself. And uh, we, it's a Q&A from about nine in the morning till around two in the afternoon. And, and, and what's the reason for doing that? What's the role of the BAC? going forward what why are they involved so there you know the the town has an option they can be a, a true budget committee town where it's actually the budget committee's budget um, or an advisory role which is what we have here in Milford so what you'll see on the warrant is what the BAC has voted on when it gets to the point where they have final warrant articles final budgets in water sewer all of that and they can take a position on that and then their votes are recorded and it shows up on the ballot. Okay, good. And that's, I'll just throw in my own personal two cents. Uh, having a budget advisory committee, it's a, uh, a great vehicle for the voters because it's a citizen's advisory committee. It's, <clears throat> it's I don't know how many members there are, nine. There's, there's nine. There's nine members. And they're from all walks. I was on it a, 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 um, many years ago, but for, it's from all walks of life. It's it's not town officials. It's right. it's all citizens, and they really grill the department heads and, and everyone and give their opinion on whether or not it's a you know reasonable expense. And they give their they give their little short blurb at the deliberative session on whether they support it, whether they don't. And it's it's a great it's a great tool for the voters. Absolutely agree. Okay, so then so so we so the BAC and I'll add I think they're meeting weekly now. I think they meet every Wednesday night. If anybody's interested in coming to watch them, right. Um, strongly encourage that so they meet and basically it's hashing between yourself the board of selectmen the budget committee on coming up with a, a final budget right. and then the budget will and, and I and I know 
we should add here that you um, this is your first SB2 job. That is correct. So the process is a little bit different, so some of this is new. But one of the first, actually, I'm not even sure if this is part of SB2, the budget and bond hearing. I was going to ask you to talk a little bit about what the budget and bond hearing is. It's coming up in, I believe it's January 13th, if that's the correct. calendar on the town yep. website is correct. So that's the, once the budget is final, I put air quotes around that, it goes to the budget and bond hearing. And what do we do there? So at the budget hearing, all purposes and amounts of appropriations to be included in the vote at annual meeting or special meeting shall be disclosed or discussed at the final hearing. One or more supplemental public hearings may be held at any time before the annual or special meeting subject to the seven-day notice requirement. At the conclusion of public testimony at the public hearing for the budget, the governing body finalizes the budget to be submitted to the legislative body, which is the voters. Okay, and, and, the, and the, the governing body is the Board of Selectmen? Correct. Okay, so in layman terms, basically what you just said was that the budget and bond hearing is really the first, it's the public unveiling. Correct. Even though all this, these meetings we were just discussing, they're all public meetings except for the internal ones at Town Hall, but all the budget committee, all the selectmen's meetings are public, all the advi budget advisory committee meetings are public, but the budget and bond hearing is the big unveiling. That's, that's correct. Um, unfortunately, it's not a well-attended event, but it, it should be. Mm-hmm. And that's the 13th. Okay, so that's that would be the next step. And then after the budget and bond hearing, and you alluded to it right there, is the deliberative session. That's correct. Which is really, you know, giving your two cents on the sure. deliberative session. It's the first session of the annual meeting in an SB2 community to discuss, dis debate, and explain proposed warrant articles. This meeting has the same ability to amend warrant articles as that of a traditional meeting. Articles may be moved, debated, and amended as long as the articles appear in their final state on the official ballot that the voters are given at the second session. Okay, good. So again, in layman's terms, what you just so that's the deliberative session is a big meeting up in in the auditorium where we hash through <laughs> every single warrant article ad nauseum. Correct. Get, get ready for it. I don't know if yep. you attended any as a citizen, but they, they, they can get interesting. But as you just said, the voters at the deliberative session have the power to, we don't actually vote on the warrant articles right. or the budget, but we can change them. Correct. Which is pretty powerful when, you know, 100 people show up to the meeting, which unfortunately is not a lot. Um, so, right. So that's, so that's kind of like the last point for public input and public debate. Once that's done, then I believe the selectmen vote on the reason. If, if anything changed, they vote on the, their final right. position on these, uh, these budgets and warrant articles. And then it comes to the voters. So that's the budget process in a nutshell. Right. Great. Thanks. What's the default budget? So in an SB2 town, should the budget that's put before the voters uh, on election day fail, the default budget would then take over. Um, and the default budget is the previous year's budget um, where you subtract out any one-time adjustments. And you come down to a number, and that gets submitted to the DRA. And the DRA has to approve the yep. default budget. Yeah, that's a little nuance that I, I think sometimes people don't think about. In a traditional town hall, town meeting format, you vote on the budget at the town meeting. So if it fails, you just re-vote or right. you amend it and keep keep going until you get a budget. Exactly. At In an SB2 SB town, the budget might fail. Right. And say, so what do we do now? Right. So that's what the default budget is. And typically, at least I think towns and school districts have gotten smart about it and, and we're very careful with it because the budget might fail. In the, there have been times, there was one, one year in Milford, the budgets failed a few times. Mm -hmm. I remember one time in the, in the 
late 90s probably, there was a big difference between it. There wasn't a lot of consideration given to the uh, default budget, and uh, it was a big difference. And when the town budget failed, it was a big hit. There had to be a lot of cuts. In recent years, and I don't know what's going to happen this year, in recent years it was a real effort to keep them very close. Right. So it's not a big deal. Right. All right, so that's the default budget. So I want to talk a little bit about warrant articles. I had mentioned this to you earlier. Do you know what the term special warrant article means? You see it on most warrant articles. It says it's a special warrant article, but not all of them. They've never quite, I think it has to do with appropriations. So a special warrant article is something you can make non-lapsing up to five years. Make non-lapsing up to, oh, okay. So if you raise $2 million for paving, Mm -hmm. you could say that you make it non-lapsing. If you're not going to bond it, yes. Okay, if you're not going to bond it. All right, that, that makes sense. So let, let's, as, as an example, I, I, I'm going to read a warrant article from last year, and let's just talk about what some of the things mean in it. Uh, this, this is a real warrant article from last year uh, that I think passed. It did. The, Osgood, the Pond. Osgood Pond passed. Yes. Okay. So this is Article 19 from last year. I'm stressing this is last year, not this year. <laughs> so uh, Osgood Pond Phase 2, the title says $350,000. Then it says, shall the town vote to raise and appropriate? That kind of gets to what we talked about before. Raise just means we raise the money somehow. We'll talk about that in a bit. And appropriate, you're putting a line item somewhere that says what we're going to use this for. The sum of $350,000 to complete the project, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's got the details of the project. And this, this is interesting. So the next line says, the town has received a land and water conservation fund grant for 175000 and the town would be responsible for the remaining 175000 So the, the title said $350,000, but we're going to get offsetting revenues of one hundred seventy-five. So we're only going to raise, we haven't talked about yet how, we're only going to raise $175,000. Well, that that's, that's the net effect. We because of the um, gross-based budgeting requirement for the Municipal Budget Act, you have to actually raise all $350,000. So that's why that appears in the first line. Then you can get into your offset. Mm-hmm. So we're going to raise and appropriate three hundred and fifty. So that's actually going to go right on the expenditure side where we're raising three hundred and fifty, $350,000. But on the revenue side, we're going to take in $175,000 from that grant which leaves us a net taxable event of $175,000. So is that, because of the way this is worded, is that required? What would have happened if we passed a warrant article that appropriated $350,000, but we didn't get the grant? Does that nullify the whole thing, or would we be on the hook for three hundred fifty? dollars I believe we'd have to, I guess I, I could check into how the grants work, but if if you're not going to get the matching funding promised, you just wouldn't go through with the project. Because we don't have, now we're not fulfilling the obligation of the Warren article that the people voted on, which was we were expecting a grant of 175. We can't raise 350 at that point. Right. But I guess my question was, and, and I guess it's kind of nuanced, yeah, logically you wouldn't go forward with the project, but could the selectmen, could they say the voters passed a warrant article that appropriated $350,000, we're going to raise $350,000. I would just that's have probably to, a question for the town attorney. I, I was going to say that's either the town attorney or DRA because in the bottom of that, it, it's saying this is the tax implication, yep. which is just the $175,000. Right. That, that was my next part. Yeah. At the end of the warrant article, and every warrant article says this article has a tax impact of $0.125 or $12.50 on an assessed valuation of $100,000. 
that was based on the 175, not the 350. Correct. So that probably gets us out of that legal quandary right there. Right. Um, okay, that's good. I have another example I'm going to get to later that involves fund balance. But we've been talking about fund balance yet, so I'm going to wait for this other example. It's a good. Ex- it's a good. Um, this came up at a capital improvement meeting last night, and I said I'm going to ask Paul this question. So, <laughs> real quick, Tim. Yeah. Um, Gross-based budgeting is a real important factor in how the state mandates that we put our budgets together. So well, That's the bottom-line budgeting we were talking about earlier, no, right? No, it's different. No. Okay, what's Gross-based budget is what you're going to see in regards to warrant articles. So um, a couple of years ago, the wastewater treatment facility passed a – they proposed a warrant article. It was passed, but they had grant funding. So a lot of times people, just like as in the Osgood Pond, they see that first amount. And it's real important to notice that you do need to read the following paragraph because it tells you we're not raising the full 350. Um, there are some offsetting revenues. And the town is only responsible for the net effect after the gross-based amount is put in and then the expected revenue stream. And it happens that way on any warrant article um, for example, we're proposing an, an ambulance this year and a bucket loader from DPW and the mm-hmm. ambulance for the ambulance department, obviously. Um, there's capital reserves that we're going to draw from, draw from so that the full amount that you see in the war article in the first line is not what the taxpayers are going to be affected by on their tax rates. So okay, it's right. always important to read the entire warrant article before deciding uh, whether to vote yes or no on it. Yep, and that's this. This Osgood Pond was another perfect, perfect example example, example yep. of that. Great, great. Okay, so we talked about that um, warrant articles, and and we're going to get back to this in a little bit. I want to work my way up to that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about bonding. What to a layperson, what what's bonding? What's the difference between bonding and raising taxes? Well, bonding is something that's more of a long term nature. Um, the fire station renovation is a perfect example. Um, it was $3.864 million. That's not something you want to pay in one year. Um, you want to lessen the tax burden, spread it out over, over a term. So that's what we did. Um, we got a 20-year note on that. Um, so that means we're borrowing the money. We're borrowing the money. It's like a mortgage. We're not paying it all out in the first year. And there'll be, uh, the principal payments are always even. Uh, and then there's a declining interest effect on that as you get to the last several years where the interest goes down to, you know, a very minimal amount. Okay. And you were talking about this earlier when going over your the duties of your position. I was going to ask you, what's the process to actually issue a bond? So How does that work? I would contact all the, the major players, the banks, financial institutions, uh, the New Hampshire Bond Bank, and get the best rate for the town. So very similar to if I want to buy a car. I'm exactly. Call a bunch of banks and... I get them bidding against each other and whatnot, and sometimes they have some wiggle room, and uh, de- it depends on how bad they want your business. And then uh, I bring the, the results to the selectmen, and the selectmen say yay or nay on the finance rates, and then we move forward and start the process of getting all the documents together. Do we ever put on the warrant article, we, we say something's being bonded, do we put the, the terms in the warrant article? Yeah, we put how many, yeah, we put how many years. Uh, the sli- there's usually a general amount, depending on the uh, amount of the bond, how many hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, um, and then there's a determination made on how many years we're going we're gonna to borrow on that money. 
Okay, but, so, we, but we don't put the interest rate because that's never known. So we don't even estimate what the interest would be because uh, in, a, in a market right now, it's, it's pretty low. Um, it, it's very, very favorable right now to do bor- borrowings and capital leases, um, but you know things can change. Can we uh, pay off a bond early or refinance it if we if we can? Absolutely. Um, so the financial institutions, once they uh, issue the amount of the bond f- to you, it obviously benefits them to come back when the, there's a call provision that comes up. So this happened a couple of years ago. I found out from uh, a couple of our financial institutions that we have loans from, and they'll say, hey, this is the year we can refinance, and this is how we can do it, and this is the money we can save. And that all happens automatically through the banking institutions. So if we, let's say we we're going to finance a bunch of money to buy some new communications equipment, and you you bonded over 20 years, but the equipment has to be replaced in 10 years. Typically, th- that's not sound. <laughs> right. But you could refinance that if that were the case. So Absolutely. You're not, so you're not paying for equipment that you no longer have. Right. And typically, we know the life of the asset, and we try to, to bond accordingly that uh, the appropriate amount of years. Okay. Capital reserve funds. You mentioned one earlier. What, what are they? It's money the towns can put away for upcoming projects, upcoming capital expenditures. Um, When I first started, there was uh, several items that we had to purchase um, that had been approved in previous years. Um, I've called a couple, I had called around to a couple communities and uh, most of them like, I can't help you on financing because we pay cash for everything. They have a very aggressive capital reserve, so they'll start putting monies away um, for the new ambulance, for the new bucket loader, for the new DPW dump truck, for consoles and communications equipment, um, recreation um, expansion projects. Um, so when you know that's coming down the road, you have money put away that you can withdraw, and it typically is either the legislative body where that would have to come to a vote for them to expend to allow us to expend from the capital reserves uh, or it can be the board of selectmen can be the agents to expend Um, you'll see that this year um, on a couple of the warrant articles for right equipment purchases and that has to be when you create the capital reserve fund you have to specify whether it's the legislative body or the governing body correct has that and right as you said we have I don't know, five or six of them right now right and basically the ones you just talked about and some of them typically it's the ones that are are day-to-day like i think the the bridge repair one the selectmen can that is correct it, but yep. and the ambulance no right the voters have to approve it which makes a lot of sense because you don't want to tuck away you know fifty thousand dollars a year for 10 years and then all of a sudden you you know, $500,000 in cash. Right. And the second one say, hey, let's buy this cool new fire truck and right. not even ask the voters. That's right. not right. That's yep. not right. So that's the reason for that. So great. So there's that. What about revolving funds? You know, the town has a couple of revolving funds. How, yep. What are those and how are they different than the capital? Or we've, got a, the capital we've got a rec revolving fund. Um, we've got a community media revolving fund. It's basically set up so that you can carry the monies over year to year. It's like the capital reserves, but it's, it's more of an operating fund. Mm-hmm. Um, for community media, they, we get a franchise fee from Comcast, and that funds all the, the great equipment that we're able to use right here. Use right here, exactly. Although it's my equipment, but yeah. that's beside the point. <laughs> You've got nice equipment, Tim. Thank you. <laughs> so we have just those two. I, I know we have the, the community media one, and we have the recreation one. Recreation one, I believe they put fees from pro, like if you get swimming lessons, those Correct. fees go in there, and right. then they use it to pay the lifeguards or, right. or things like that. 
uh, and the money rolls over. Do we have any other revolving funds? Uh, I'm not sure. We probably do. Those are the two big ones that yeah, I deal I with most I seem to recall of. something at the police department for... Oh, the police details. For doing something. Yeah, police details, okay. private. Yeah, revolving fund, I should say. Okay. And those monies, the real benefit is they roll over year to year. Exactly. Unlike if, if, you, know, if you appropriate in the budget you know, $100,000 for paving and right. you don't spend it, it's gone. It goes back to the taxpayers. It goes back to the taxpayers. Correct. That's good, good correction there. <laughs> so, actually, speaking of which, so uh, <laughs> let's talk about the tax rate a little bit. Good segue, Tim. Talked about it a lot when I did an episode with um, the uh, assessor, Marty Noel. So uh, how is the tax rate, again, at a high level? Mm-hmm. Do you, how is it calculated? So we take the uh, appropriations that were voted on at town meeting, so budget um, plus warrant articles. You got it. And then we, um, we, we do an estimated revenue stream uh, initially right after um, elections, the town elections and the town vote. Um, and then we get a, a quote-unquote second bite at the apple in the fall so we can adjust if we see you know, something really trending up um, and we can increase the revenue estimate, which decreases the tax burden to the taxpayers, will do that. And conversely, if um, maybe there's a downturn in the economy and some revenues are off a little bit, we can adjust that down. But then after um, the, as you mentioned, the assessor completes her MS-1 and we get the total certified valuation of the town, we take all of the entities that comprise our tax rate, the school, the county, and the town, roll that all together, offset the revenues, and then adjusted by, uh, not adjusted by, but divided by the valuation of the town that comes out with the tax rate per 100,000 of valuation. Good. And just, I have a little example drawn down, just, and this is, I think these numbers are close, but I may, I did make them up, so the math is easy. <laughs> um, so if the, t- the town's total valuation prior to the reval mm-hmm. was like 1.4 billion, I think. Yep. Which is pretty interesting. It's a lot of money. That, so that's adding up everybody's value, your house and my house. Um, commercial com- properties, commercial everything. Commercial properties, it comes yep. $1.4 billion. So if we needed to raise, in my example, $42 million, and now that would be our budget, the school's budget, mm-hmm. and I just said the county. If you divide $42 million by $1.4 billion, that comes out to be $0.03 cents on the dollar, mm-hmm. or $0.30 cents per thousand, which is about what our tax rate was last year. Okay. So, okay, so that's the tax rate. And mm-hmm. when did you say this is done? So it's typically done in the fall. Um, this year we did. The fall re- of the year that you voted that budget. Correct. Um, and typically it's done in the fall. Uh, in October, we try to get the bills out before October 31st. That way they're due and payable on December 1st. Um, but this year, the New Hampshire legislature came through with a, some municipal aid for all the towns and cities. So the towns and cities had to vote on how they wanted to use those monies. So mm-hmm. our, tax, our tax rate wasn't set till later in the month of November. And the taxes were due this past Monday, December 16th. Okay. But typically, we try to get it as close to December 1st as possible. Which is, which is interesting, which brings me to the fiscal year. Mm-hmm. I know you and I have had this conversation <laughs> before. I, I find this fascinating. I don't think enough people understand it because people get upset when tax bills come out and, and they don't really understand you know, what the ch- why it changed the way it did. So what, what is our fiscal year? So our fiscal year is a calendar year, January 1st through December 31st. So what that means then is right in January, January 1st, next week, we're going to start spending against a fictional budget, really. A budget that hasn't been approved yet. So, so you're going to spend against a budget. Presumably, you're conservative into spending a, that budget because you don't know what's going to happen. Right. So in January, we start spending, and then we vote on it in March. Correct. 
and it may fail. Correct. So that's that's interesting in and of itself. And then the first tax bill comes out in June. That's correct. So if if we haven't approved the budget, if if um, okay, so what what's the first tax bill? How what is how do you calculate that? So the first tax bill in June, um, that's due usually July first, is the previous falls tax bill divided by two. Okay. So if we just pass the budget that, you know, increased. 20% and everyone's up in arms, that's not going to be reflected in your, in your June tax bill. That is correct. And th- it makes sense if you think about it because we don't yet know what the offsetting revenues are. Correct. And th- that sort of stuff. Okay, so you get the June bill, and that's based on the previous year. And then, as you just said, September, November, October, November, that's when you're going to actually set the tax rate because then you ha- have a much better feel for that. And then December, the tax bill comes out, which is the first time we use the actual tax rate. Correct. So it can get very confusing. If you, if someone tries to do the math and says, oh, the budget went up by X amount, but my tax bill went up by more than that, it's like, well, because you're really amortizing that increase across the whole year. It, it gets confusing. So it's easier for my little brain, if I, if I understand that, what bills each tax rate apply to. Right. It can be very confusing. So can we switch to a June? I, it would seem to make more sense to go June to July. Right. Are we allowed to do that if we, we wanted to? We absolutely are. But? But it's, uh, it's very cumbersome. Um, I know one of the case studies was when Concord did that. You basically have to have a, an 18-month appropriation to make that leap to a uh, school year calendar, a, Jul- a July 1st, right. June 30th. So if we, were, if we were doing that right now in March, then we'd have to budget the whole year of 2020 and up to July 1st of 2021 in order to... That's correct, and, to make that jump. And that's a pretty difficult <laughs> sell, I would think, yeah. to voters, because the voters don't necessarily get a benefit out of it. Right. It's it's you. Right. <laughs> I've heard point. anecdotally from communities that have done it, it's, it's very painful in many yeah. different aspects. Yeah, I can imagine it would be. The the benefits, of course, are now you're synced up with the school. Right. So true. Okay. So let let's talk a little bit about fund balance. We have we haven't really talked about it yet, but you talked about some things that would affect it. Like when you talked about the tax rate, you didn't talk about using fund balance, which you can. So can you talk first? What is fund balance? So fund balance is uh, uh, it's like your it's your savings account. Uh, it's not your checking account, which is your operating budget where you're you're spending and and receiving income uh, over the course of a year, but it's your savings account. It's the amount of money you have for uh, emergency situations. And how did that money get there? Um, Basically every year when we have our audit, we look at our total expenses and we look at our total revenues. Um, So if the expenses exceed the revenues and we have surplus, that goes to the fund balance. Uh, in the years where... It can go to the fund balance. It can go to the right. fund balance, correct. Because the selectmen could choose to give that back to the voters. If, correct. If they wanted to. Correct, yep. Um, but in a nutshell, that's how the fund balance goes up or goes down every year if expenses exceed or are less than revenues. Okay. Um, are there guidelines on how much y- you should have in your savings account? Yep. Um, there's The DRA has a level. The uh, government finance offices of uh of new hampshire they have a level we have a fund balance policy i believe it's eight percent it factors in a lot of things it the the selectmen are comfortable with the level right now they did vote last march or february to 
take $200,000 out of surplus um, fund balance or unrestricted fund balance, I should say, to reduce the taxes, which they did this past fall. Okay. And that leads into a question I'm going to ask you in a bit. But, mm-hmm. So they did it in March, but it was... It they affected, decided in March, but they didn't really do it till November, I right, guess, which I would you, think. Yeah, which you, 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 you shouldn't do until um, you know that you have the fund balance available. Okay. So how, approximately how much is our fund balance? It's uh, somewhere around $3 million. $3 million. Okay. Yeah. And does that also include... That doesn't include assets, does it? Because nope. it would be more than $3 million if nope. it was like buildings. Right. But it is like uh, unpaid taxes and accounts receivable, right? Uh, that's all balance sheet items. Okay. Those are all balance sheet items. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's your true it's your true savings account. And there's various levels of fund balance. There's restricted fund balance. Um, there's four or five designations they have now. And then there's the unrestricted fund, fund balance, which is what the town would have available should an emergency need okay. arise. All right. Awesome. That was all the questions I had. Can you think of anything that is relevant that, that we didn't talk about that you think we should talk about? Well, Tim, I think you, you covered it really well, having been in many seats in the in town government here, so I uh, can't think of anything else. Okay, good. Um, so I just want to go over again just for the uh, the upcoming dates for the, for the uh, listeners. We have the budget and bond hearing on January 13th, mm-hmm. which is the... What do you call it when uh, you reveal the sex? An unveiling. (laughs) (laughs) A gender reveal? A gender reveal. But this will be a budget reveal? So this is going to be the budget reveal (laughs) on January 13th. And I think that's here in the Selectman's Room, if I'm not mistaken, but certainly in Town Hall. And the deliberative session is February 1st, where we get to actually debate the the, uh, items. Up in the auditorium. At the Milford Auditorium, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a Saturday. Uh, I think we advertise it like from 9 to noon, but a lot of times it goes afternoon. Like last year. <laughs> like last year. Yeah, last, year <laughs> last year was a, a marathon. I think we, we, we almost went to noon on one question. Right. Uh, which is unfortunate. And as I mentioned earlier, the, the Budget Advisory Committee, they meet every Wednesday night, pretty much every Wednesday night here. Uh, look on the town website. But if anyone's interested, they should come to that because it's uh, it's a great way to learn about these things. Absolutely. And the next two Wednesdays are Christmas and New Year's. So I'm not sure if they have They actually are meeting. The 26th. Right. Yep. Because there's something. What are they going to talk about? They're talking about something that's interesting because I was going to come. Maybe it's MacBase again. But I know something's interesting coming up on. Um, but in reality, this podcast is going to be released after that date. Right. So don't go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe you already went. So before we stop, did you want? Uh, I happen to know that you have a kind of an interesting hobby, yeah. side business. You want to just talk about that? And tell us sure. what you like to do in your spare time. Sure. Um, when I'm not watching the pennies in the bank here. I thought you were going to say, when you're not watching Granite Town Media, it's like, oh, thank you, Paul. <laughs> when I'm not watching Granite Town Media, um, so, yeah, my wife and I have a small wedding business. So one of the cool things we get to do is um, go and see different wedding venues uh, all around New England. So so uh, you're a justice of the peace? Yes, along as as is Liz. Oh, she yeah. is, too. I but, didn't know uh, that. That's, yeah. that's But great. we also uh, plan and coordinate weddings and she can also do first dance choreography for couples because that's what she did for a long, long time. She yeah. taught dance. So yeah. it's a lot of fun. Oh, that's great. Okay, so I guess that's all we have time for today. So I'd like to thank Paul once again for joining us. We had a good time. Actually, I learned quite a bit here today. This is uh, something that's really important that I think the more people know about finance, the better. You know, an informed voter is a, is a better voter. Absolutely. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate you sitting down with us. It's been a busy day. Thanks, Tim. Uh, I also want to thank Chris Gentry. Chris is our GTM media manager, and he was also our audio engineer for this episode. 
Our theme music was written and performed by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or on most major podcasting apps. You can also stream directly from the Granite Town Media podcast page at milford.nh.gov slash community media. As always, we welcome any and all feedback or suggestions that you may have for future episodes. We invite you to go to Granite Town Media's Facebook page or leave us a comment on our podcast page at soundcloud.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us again for another episode of Inside Milford. Thank you.